This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. We're going to talk about everything you wanted to know about consumer proposals. We're going to do it in two parts. So the first part, if you're curious about how to consolidate your debt using a consumer proposal... This is what you should know. The proposal's first formal solution that Canadians can use to consolidate, cut, and pay off debt. And Blair's going to take us through some of the most common questions people have about this option for consolidating debt without borrowing. So before we jump into the details, Blair, of the consumer proposal, can you start by taking us through what a licensed insolvency trustee is, which is a good question because not everybody knows, and what Sands & Associates does? Yeah, with, with pleasure, Elaine. So a licensed insolvency trustee, or an LIT for short, it's a relatively new term. So you might have heard the term bankruptcy trustee or trustee in bankruptcy. That's been around, you know, for many, many years. But just recently, in the last five years, the government changed the, the terminology to call a bankruptcy trustee a licensed insolvency trustee to recognize that a licensed insolvency trustee does a whole lot more than bankruptcy. Uh, with Actually, the majority of what we do is helping people with consumer proposals, which we're going to discuss today. But our service is an offering advice to people to help them make informed decisions on how to deal with financial difficulties. And once the person has made that decision, we administer one of the two remedies that are available in Canadian law to help you get out of debt. So an LIT is the only professional authorized to provide formal proceedings that allow you to have debts forgiven and also give you legal protection from your creditors. And those remedies are either a personal bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. Um, What a lot of people are surprised to learn is the debt repayment industry is pretty unregulated, especially in B.C., Um, and LITs are quite unlike other organizations. As we're federally regulated, there's strict code of ethics, strict dispute resolution mechanisms. So when you're dealing with an LIT, you know you've got a neutral, independent party, that their job is to make sure everyone's rights Uh, and responsibilities are clearly understood and respected. And with Sands & Associates, we're the largest firm of LITs in the province of BC. We're proud to be that. Uh, We've been founded founded in 1990, uh, and now we've grown to serve the entirety of BC. We've got 25 offices and local communities helping individuals, starting with free consultation anywhere within the province. And we've got a team of skilled licensed insolvency trustees supported by counselors, supported by estate managers, and a great complement of administrative staff. So when you deal with Sands and Associates, you know you're dealing with a firm that over the last 30 years has helped upwards of 50,000 individuals in BC achieve freedom from their debts. Wow, that's a that's a lot. That's a lot of years and that's a lot of people. That's quite something, Blair. Mhm. We're quite So proud. let's talk about a consumer proposal. Yeah, you should be. You should be. So let's talk about that consumer proposal uh, and who can do it. 
So a consumer proposal, it's a formal debt management option, and it allows a person to consolidate all their debts into a single repayment plan, a single payment each month. It stops all the interest charges and any collection activities against you. And the most powerful part of it, in my opinion, is it reduces the debt down to what you can actually afford to repay with the creditors having to accept that reduced amount in full satisfaction. So, for example, someone owing $20,000 might offer to repay 30% of this total back uh, with monthly payments of $166 over 36 months. So they're paying back roughly $6,000, and the creditors have to agree to write off the balance of the debt. For the most part, consumer proposal payments are made monthly, but they're highly customizable. So in some cases, uh, people pay their proposal off just very, very quickly. Uh, Sometimes they're basing it on selling an asset, for example. Or in some cases, people plan for a five-year payment term, but a proposal can be paid off early at any time without any penalty. Uh, Who can do a consumer proposal is anyone who owes more than $1,000 and less than $250,000, and that doesn't include your mortgage on your principal residence. If you owed more than $250,000, you can still do a proposal, but it's a bit of a different set of rules. But definitely that $250,000 threshold, that's pretty inclusive for the vast majority of people that come to see us. They owe significantly less than $250,000. And if it's a joint situation where it's a husband and wife or just two people who have some debts in common, they could do a consumer proposal, assuming that their joint debts or combined debts from each of them are less than 500,000 total. So it's very wide eligibility. If you've got a debt problem, can't pay it off in full, a consumer proposal is probably a good option to investigate. Okay. And and a key piece of this is that only licensed insolvency trustees can facilitate uh, a consumer proposal. That's right. And what's what's awesome, too, is when you think mostly about a debt consolidation, you're having to borrow money. You're having to give, you know, uh, security to a bank or confirming to them, okay, I want to consolidate my debts into a new loan. This is not a new loan. This is no borrowing. This is nothing to be, you know, approved for on a credit rating. This is a powerful means that only a licensed insolvency trustee can help you access to reduce your debt. So before you talk about the types of debt that can be consolidated as part of a consumer proposal, I just want to throw in that, you know, if you already know that you want to take some action, uh, that you've got a debt situation and you want to, you want to fix this, you want to sit down and talk with somebody that's actually going to help you get through it, give them a call at 1-800-661-3030. The website is sans-trustee. Dot com. Okay, so the types of debt that can be consolidated as part of the consumer proposal, what are they? Do they cover everything? Just about. You know, in just about every situation, um, a person's entire debt situation can be included in a consumer proposal, and your LIT takes responsibility once you file the consumer proposal of dealing directly with your creditors on your behalf. So the most common types of debts that people have and that can, can be included in a consumer proposal are your typical consumer and business debt, so credit cards, lines of credit, overdrafts, payday loans, installment loans, you know, pretty well any time you borrow money, that's eligible to be included in a consumer proposal. A lot of people are surprised to learn that income tax debt, so whether it's income tax, GST, business taxes, uh, even payroll remittances, which are you know in trust amounts you're supposed to withhold from your employees. Aside from a bankruptcy, a consumer proposal is the only settlement mechanism the government will ever accept on these amounts. But the key thing to take away is that you can actually compromise on amounts owing to government. I still have people just about every week speaking with me saying, well, I understand you can't help with government debt. Say, nope, we absolutely can. It's considered the same as every other debt when you're dealing in a consumer proposal. Uh, 
student loans, whether it's federal, provincial, or private, um, amounts owing to the province, whether it's MSP or ICBC debt, all of those can be included. If there's debts for a business where you signed a personal guarantee, if there's personal debts, you owe somebody money and you've got a written agreement or not, that can also be included in a consumer proposal. And then finally, if you had what we call a secured debt, so maybe there's a mortgage or a car loan, and you just want to get out of that commitment, you want to sell the house, but you know there's going to be a shortfall, or you want to get rid of the vehicle, but you know you're going to owe more than what they sell it for, you can choose to get rid of those commitments and whatever the financial hangover, the debt you're going to have at the end of the day, that can also be included in a consumer proposal. How often do people um, lose their assets uh, in a consumer proposal like the theory is that you do in a bankruptcy? Do you want to clear that up a little bit? Well, definitely, yeah. You know, most people think when you file a bankruptcy, for example, you lose all of your assets, which is not the case. The vast majority of people do keep all of their assets, but there are certain folks that they file a bankruptcy, you know, maybe there's, you know, a very nice classic car or a boat or something, something, you know, luxury good that has to get sold as part of a bankruptcy proceeding. In a consumer proposal, it's almost never the case that you need to offer an asset as part of the consumer proposal. So when you do a proposal, you have to declare all the assets that you own, and then what the trustee is going to do is going to do an evaluation and say, okay, if this person were to file for bankruptcy, what would happen to these assets? Probably the majority of them would be exempt and nothing would happen with them. But if there was an asset that would have to be sold in a bankruptcy, when you do a consumer proposal, you're going to offer your creditors more money than they would have received if you had filed for bankruptcy and sold that asset, which means you're able to keep that asset. So if you're concerned of losing assets, a consumer proposal is definitely the best means of actually protecting what you have and still dealing with the asset or still dealing with the debt that might be holding you back. So it's very rare, almost never, does someone agree to surrender an asset as part of a proposal, and it's never a requirement to do so. Okay. And and then the other piece with it is when you talk about assets, um, I think about, okay, well, I owe money on this stuff. I owe money on my car or money here or money there. Uh, what about the creditors? Do they stop bothering me uh, if I file a consumer proposal? So absolutely. So when you file a consumer proposal, you get the same protection as a bankruptcy. So for any debts included in the consumer proposal, the credit cards, income taxes, lines of credit, whatnot, no one is allowed to contact you at all during the term of the proposal. So from when you sign the document with the trustee until when you make your final payment, the trustee is dealing exclusively with all those creditors on your behalf. Now, if it's the case you had a car loan or a mortgage and you wanted to just keep those things going, you're permitted to do so. So you could still continue to make payments on your car, make payments on your house. If you decide you wanted to walk away from those commitments, you can do that as part of the proposal, but that's your option. But the short answer is yes, you absolutely get the ceasefire, you get the relief. People can't chase you anymore once you've done a consumer proposal. Excellent. And I, I just want to... Um I'm sort of toying between the next thing. If if we should talk about the main steps to begin that proposal, is that something that we should sort of include in this piece? Because I, I think it's kind of important too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think we've got lots of time. We've got a second segment coming as well. So you know, the steps are pretty straightforward, and your LIT is going to guide you every step of the way. So the first step we often say is the toughest one is you have to reach out for help. Um, and as much as I can say, you know, we're respectful, empathetic, we understand, you know, bad debt happens to good people all the time. I know people do have a reluctance, and sometimes there's a little bit of a shame or a stigma, but reaching out to help is just the first step. It's the most important thing. Uh, from there, your trustee is going to have a free confidential consultation 
consultation with you to discuss your situation, evaluate all of the options, and essentially build your consumer proposal. We do it in Excel on a screen share or in person. You know, right in that first meeting, we can have a sense of how the proposal will work. If you decide to go forward on that proposal, you're going to sit down with your licensed insolvency trustee or do it over video and sign the proposal documents, which are then registered and sent to your creditors. So all that can happen pretty quickly. Sometimes I'll have an initial meeting with someone on a Monday, and by Friday we're signing the documents. Sometimes it's a month or two later where the person is comfortable and feels like they're ready to go forward. So it's really up to the individual, but it doesn't have to take very long. And then once the proposal is accepted by your creditors, that happens 45 days after you sign. So from the time you meet us to when you know you have a proposal that's in force can be as little as 45 days, but you've got the protection right from the first moment you sign those documents. So the really wonderful thing about the people at Sanson Associates, and, and we've met a number of them over over the years of doing the show, is um, that they're completely open to the idea that uh, you're feeling overwhelmed and uncomfortable. Uh, that's very, very typical, and it's almost honored by the folks that you sit down with. Um, and they just so want to remind you they're not judging. They're just wanting to find the situation, look at your circumstances, and then find a path forward. If you want to learn more about consumer proposals and other debt solutions, book your confidential free debt consultation with someone at Sands & Associates. Friendly and caring, I think, would be two great words uh, that we could use to describe them. Uh, 1-800-661-3030, or, uh, and that's a toll-free number, or visit sands-trustee.com. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. We're continuing on with part two of our two parts, all about consumer proposals and the frequently asked questions about them. Blair, uh, who's president of BC's largest firm of licensed insolvency trustees, focuses on debt help services for individuals and small businesses, and so firmly believes consumer proposals are such a powerful alternative to consolidation loans and credit counseling plans and even personal bankruptcy. So let's get, get a bit of a recap first, Blair, as we head into the second segment. Refresh on the basics of what it means to file a consumer proposal. Well, certainly, Elaine. So the first thing for people to be aware of is a consumer proposal is not a bankruptcy. It's a totally different legal remedy, even though it's administered by the same professional. It's not a bankruptcy. It's different. And it's not a loan either. There's no borrowing, no one stepping forward to pay off your debts when you're paying them back. What a consumer proposal is, it's a unique legal debt solution that allows you to both consolidate your debts, so put it together into a single payment, and achieve partial debt forgiveness. So reduce the debt down to what you can actually afford. And many people are surprised to learn that this even exists and has so many advantages. Um, you know, just a couple of advantages. You can consolidate all of your debt, stop all of the future interest charges, and just repay what you can afford to repay. And that's in full satisfaction of the amounts owing. The unpaid balance has to be forgiven by your creditors by law. And another important advantage is this isn't the never-never plan that you're going to make payments for the rest of your life, the time frame is tailored to your needs. So it could be as short as a single lump sum payment. So maybe someone in your family wants you to help them, wants to help you pay off your debts. Definitely better for them to help you pay off 30 cents on the dollar as opposed to paying everything off in full. That could be a lump sum proposal, or it could be a monthly payment, but it can't extend beyond five years. So the longest you'll ever be in a proposal is five years, and you've got the right to pay it off as soon as you're able to do so. So if things go better, which they often do once people are less stressed about their debt, they suddenly start to earn more money and be in a better headspace, you can even pay a proposal off sooner, put it behind you that much more quickly. 
how does how do you know or how does a, a person know if a consumer proposal is going to work for them? What's the kind of criteria that they should run through their head to see if that's the if that's the best solution? Well, in general, if you know you can make some payments towards your debt, but you can't pay the full amount, you should investigate a consumer proposal. And who's going to help you do that is a licensed insolvency trustee. So when you sit down with an LIT, it's at no cost, no obligation, and it's fully confidential. We look at your individual situation together with you, and we help you weigh the pros and cons of all of your options. So we'll sit down and say, okay, well, if you pay this off in full, what does that look like? If we try to get a consolidation loan, what does that look like? And all the way down to even looking at a bankruptcy and then a consumer proposal as well. And a consumer proposal, it's going to give you the date when you're going to be debt-free, so you'll know exactly when things are going to finish. It's going to, again, give you all that protection from wage garnishments and collection activities. And maybe the most powerful thing, and this is just, just makes people's days, month, life sometimes, is this is your means of avoiding a bankruptcy. So we have people in our offices that just feel so hopeless and resigned to the fact that, oh, my gosh, I have to go bankrupt. And when they're able to avoid that by making a settlement with their creditors, sometimes as little as 20 or 30 cents on the dollar, they just feel that much more you know, joy and pride that they were able to deal with a tough situation without having to resort to the last resort of bankruptcy. Okay. Uh, is there a specific set of criteria or eligibility requirements that you have to meet in order to get advice or guidance from an LIT? Well, there's no credit score requirement. So again, it's not that you have to, you know, qualify a certain thing because you're going to borrow some money. It's really as simple as you have to owe at least a thousand dollars and not be able to pay that debt as it becomes due. So, you know, if you've got a ton of money in the bank and your debts are less than that, a consumer proposal won't be able to reduce the debt. It'll give you the ability to pay it back with no interest. But more commonly, people come in, they don't have a whole lot of assets, they're struggling to pay their debts, and we're able to offer a consumer proposal in just about every situation where someone doesn't have the means to pay back the debt in full. Okay. Um, I want to throw in at this moment, too, if, you're, if you already know or you're feeling like you know you want to do something, take some action, get this debt situation out under control sooner rather than later, this is the phone number you want to jot down. It's 1-800-661-3030. And the website as well is sans-trustee.com. Can Blair, as we continue on with the sort of the frequently asked questions that you that you get, can you give us some examples of how much debt a person could write off with a consumer proposal? Yeah, let, let's spend. I'm so happy we've got some time to talk about this. I'll take you through the process. Here's the types of things that we think about, the key factors that really determine how a consumer proposal is structured, and then let's definitely get to some examples. So the key factors that we look at, you know, first off, the total amount of your debt. So to be successful, you have to be able to pay back a meaningful portion of your debts, and usually that's in the range of 20 to 40% of debt. Now, so if someone comes in and they you know, perhaps had an ICBC accident that, that wasn't insured for and they owe $2 million, it's pretty tough to offer a consumer proposal to pay back, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 percent of that debt because the number is so big. Um, but typically, if the debts are in the range of, you know, 50,000 to 100,000 or, you know, even lower or higher than that, as long as you can afford a meaningful portion of repayment, that total amount of debt can be dealt with. 
Uh, a second factor that we have to look at is we have to consider, well, what would happen if you filed for bankruptcy? So when someone files for bankruptcy, we have to look at, well, what would they have to pay back based on their income? Are there any assets they would surrender? In many cases, a bankruptcy recovery is zero, meaning nothing gets paid back to creditors at all, which means a proposal on the lower end of, you know, perhaps 20 or 30 cents on the dollar, it could be very attractive. In some cases, if someone's very high income or has certain assets they would have to sell as, as part of a bankruptcy, a bankruptcy might return, say, 35 cents on the dollar when we do our analysis, in which case we're going to offer a proposal for a little bit more than that, maybe 40 or 45 cents on the dollar. So we have to look at that comparison. Uh, and then finally, we have to look at what's your income and your ability to make payments. So if the debt isn't so extreme that paying off a portion is not possible, we need to look at, well, what's the household doing right now? You know, how is the rent expense? How are groceries? What's the income coming in? Is there uncertainty? Is everybody working? We need to look at that because the whole idea is this is a payment that will fit into the household budget. It's going to relieve hardship and not cause hardship. So there has to be the ability to make that proposal uh, on the regular basis. Do you want to talk about some examples now of real consumer proposals that have been filed by Sands and Associates and how it works? I just think it's such a great tool for people to hear how it actually works for folks. Well, you're absolutely right, Elaine, and that's what inspired me to become a trustee was I was reading through an accounting magazine one day, and I saw this example of a consumer proposal, and I did the double take. I'm like, well, that can't be true. Someone's paying back $20,000 debt at $150 a month. How does that work? And then I started to dig deeper, and well, 20 years later, I'm, I'm a trustee here, so I do think the examples matter. So one that we're looking at here, example one, is a 43-year-old uh, individual who came to see us. He had accumulated debt due to some previous periods of unemployment. It wasn't a huge amount of debt, but not $9,000 of consumer debt, and it included a bunch of payday loans with the interest charges on those. I just knew if he doesn't act now, that debt's just going to continue to grow, and he's going to get you know further and further behind. So in this case, we offered a consumer proposal where he paid back $4,800, so reduced the debt almost by half, and he reduced his payments to $200 a month for a total of 24 months. So he walked into us with a $9,000 debt. Uh, he walked out after filing the proposal with a cut to just over half and with zero interest, no further finance charges, all fees included. So we were happy to reduce the debt, but even happier to help him avoid the escalation that would have continued in all of that high interest debt. So that was yeah. a, it was a really good one that was pretty recent. Um, a second one that we've done, done recently, this was a client who was in a tough situation. She was a 70-year-old widow, and she had about $17,000 of debt that was just bridging the gap between living costs and her income after the passing of her spouse. So obviously went through a very tough time losing a long-term spouse, and then it took a while for her to get the budget adjusted, the expenses reduced, and the impact was that she had about $17,000 of debt. So in this case, we're able to offer a consumer proposal looking at her budget. She could afford $150 a month, and we offered a proposal over 42 months, so just three and a half years. In this case, she settled $17,000 of debt for just $6,300, inclusive of everything, so reduced the debts by over 60%. And, you know, sometimes you see those things, they result not typical. Elaine, these are typical results. Yeah. Exactly it what we do every day. It's really quite something, you know, and I, I think about the, the widow and, and owing $17,000 and a lot of people go, oh, 17000 that doesn't sound very much, but oh my gosh, that would be so wearing on you knowing that you needed to pay that money back and just didn't have it. 
Yeah, and definitely of a certain generation, you know, there's that moral obligation for yeah. sure. And I have sometimes my, my older clients, they tell me when the day they get their pension, they're driving to four or five different payday loan places to make sure they get paid up to date. And it means their grocery budget is now $100. So right. uh, it's just really gratifying to me to allow people to get their life back when not all the money is going for debt payments. Yeah, and, and your example, your third one is somebody that had owed even more money. Which is quite something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so in, in this case, again, illustrating the flexibility here, so this client had almost $84,000 of debt, and this was mainly brought on by some unemployment and supporting extended family. So a lot of the time we have individuals that might be sending money home or have family here they just need to take care of. Their credit card minimum payments were over $1,400 a month, um, and that wasn't getting them out of debt anytime soon, and they also owed some money to Canada Revenue Agency for income tax. So a tough situation all around. They offered a consumer proposal of $470 a month for 60 months. So from $1,400 down to $470, and that meant that their debt, just under $84,000, was reduced down to $28,200 or reduced by nearly 70% with the consumer proposal. That's so much. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I'm wondering, Blair, if we can sort of zip ahead a little bit, because I, I think this question about the signs uh, for folks that it may be a good idea to get in touch with you, a licensed insolvency trustee, to talk about paying off some of that debt, um, because there's some pretty clear, uh, pretty clear indicators of, of when the time is. Yeah, there's some that are very objectively, anyone can just observe from, from afar and see. And, you know, the number one there is if you're only making minimum payments or just slightly more than the minimum, that's a huge warning sign because minimum payments are not designed to get you out of debt. They're often designed to keep you in debt for as long as possible. And you'd be amazed sometimes even a five or $6,000 debt can trigger 30 to 40 years of repayment. So minimum payments, if that's all you can do, that's a big warning sign that you need to do something different to get out of debt. The other indicators are a little bit more soft, and it really comes down to how do you feel. It is the case if you think you have a debt problem, you probably do. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed about your money or your debts, you're constantly worrying about it, you feel hopeless, you're depending on winning the lottery to eventually get you out of debt, uh, you're just not seeing any progress each month when you're paying off your balances, those are big warning signs. At least have the conversation. You'll become educated about a proposal. If it doesn't work for your situation, I can guarantee someone in your life is going to face a debt problem. Wouldn't it be great if you can turn them on to perhaps the best debt resolution solution that you've never heard of? Yeah. And if you're still not sure if you need to take some action, the best thing to do is sit down with someone from Sands and Associates and ask the questions and let them see where you are within that debt world and and see if that option, the consumer proposal, is the best one to move forward with. Give them a call at 1-800-661-3030, toll free, or visit sands-trustee.com to book your free confidential debt consultation today. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. This segment's all about options for debt forgiveness. Uh, so if you're struggling with a debt problem, feeling overwhelmed with monthly payments, or buried, literally buried by credit balances, Blair's going to talk about two options that consumers have for legal debt forgiveness. Uh, and it, you can it's all under Canadian legislation, uh, and we're going to learn about the type of debt forgiveness that might be right for your situation. So what are the options for debt forgiveness in this country, Blair, and, and how do you know if, if you qualify or not? 
Well, I think right off the top of the lane, it's really important for people to know there's really only two options for legal debt forgiveness in Canada. So if you're researching online, you might see things like, oh, debt consolidation, debt settlement, debt repayment, debt negotiation, all these things. Um, really, at the end of the day, there's two options that are legislated, regulated, are guaranteed uh, you know, to be above board and get you back to zero. And that's a consumer proposal or a personal bankruptcy. Both of those options are only available through a licensed insolvency trustee, and you don't need any middleman, you don't need any referral, you don't need to pay any fee for service to start to investigate these things. You just need to reach out directly to a licensed insolvency trustee. So it can definitely seem a bit counterintuitive if you start to Google, hey, Google consumer proposals or bankruptcy, you might find a ton of ads that are targeted at you that aren't from trustees, but you need to realize quite often these are from individuals that are trying to divert you from the path you should be going down, which is getting the best service, the best options at the lowest cost towards you. And they're trying to insert themselves and say, you know, we'll be your agent, we'll help you figure out all of these options, but you don't need anything else other than reaching out directly to a licensed insolvency trustee. And there's so many things that you need to be aware of if you if you don't opt for a licensed insolvency trustee to help you get through this. And that's what scares the heck out of me, to be quite honest, the, the pickles or situations that people can get into. Well, and I think people are surprised when they learn exactly how unregulated this debt repayment or debt advisory industry is across Canada. You know, it varies province to province. So in the province of Ontario, for example, credit counselors are regulated as collection agencies, which makes a whole lot of sense because they essentially provide the same type of a service and they're paid by the banks. Uh, in the province of BC, credit counselors aren't regulated as collection agencies. Uh, so to the consumer, it can seem like, oh, well, these people are on my side. They're going to help me with a collection agency rather than they're actually the same type of a, of a thing so it's really it's, it's you know buyer beware it's, it's eyes wide open and you need to understand too there's a lot of claims that are being made that oftentimes have no basis in fact and sometimes there's some pretty nefarious motives so anybody that claims they can eliminate your debt with no credit rating impact whatsoever to you that's just not a thing that just doesn't exist unless you're going to pay the debt off in full even if there's an interest break you're going to have a notation on your credit. So sometimes the perfect solution for what you think might not exist, but there's some really great solutions available only through a trustee that are going to get you a great result. And you know, you're going to be able to trust uh, when something's promised to you that's actually going to be delivered. I love your suggestion about one quick way to uh, find out exactly what the organization or the, or the people within the organization can do for you is asking the question, are you a licensed insolvency trustee? Because my bet is, Blair, that if they said yes and they weren't, mm -hmm. you're talking serious, serious fraud at that point. Absolutely. It's a federal offense there. You know, nobody can represent them to themselves to be a licensed insolvency trustee unless they are one. It's, it's, again, a very serious offense. So it's really a great question to ask of people if you're speaking to someone who's you know, you're not sure if they're a trustee, but what they're talking about sounds a whole lot like a consumer proposal, for example. I'll ask them that question, and oftentimes what you'll get is, is a lot of stumbling and say, well, no, I'm not the trustee. You're going to meet the trustee at the last stage, which they don't say, which is after you've paid me three to $4,000 for my advice, which you didn't need to pay. So if I ask the person, are you a trustee? If you don't get the answer, then yes, I'm a trustee or I'm directly supervised by a trustee, you're probably not dealing with someone who's going to actually be able to help you for the best cost. Yeah. Do you want to go on to the part of explaining about bankruptcy and what that process looks like for people? Yeah, I think it'd be great, Elaine, if, if today we can just give a quick overview of these of these both these solutions, because a lot of people have huge misconceptions that, you know, bankruptcy is the worst possible thing you can do and you should try to avoid it at all costs. 
And, you know, yes, bankruptcy is a last resort. You don't do it unless there's other, you know, all other options aren't going to work for you. But bankruptcy, it's a legal solution that allows you to get relief from your debts. So it allows someone that's hopelessly overburdened with debts to start again. If they've been honest but unfortunate, they deserve to get a fresh start, to face the world again, owing nobody anything. And to declare bankruptcy in Canada, you don't need to get permission. You don't need to hire a lawyer. You don't need to pay big upfront retainer fees or anything like that. You just sit down with a licensed insolvency trustee. You meet a number of times. And then generally, by about your third meeting-ish, you'll sign some bankruptcy documents. And then you'll start the process of going through a bankruptcy and the idea is you'll file a bankruptcy be in the bankruptcy process for a period of time and then you exit the bankruptcy process and all the debt gets left behind and what most people are incredibly surprised to learn about bankruptcy is the actual process it's not the six or seven years that most people might have heard about for 80 percent of people it's nine months it's literally if you file bankruptcy in January, you might be discharged by September if you're like 80% of cases where someone is low income and complies with everything they have to do during the bankruptcy. And if you're not low income, well, bankruptcy lasts a little bit longer, but not six, seven years. It lasts 21 months instead of nine months. So inside of two years, no matter how dire the situation might be, a personal bankruptcy can allow somebody to get back to zero, to start again, owe nobody anything. And there's definitely some work you have to do to get there, uh, but it's nothing that's insurmountable. Um, 100,000 people in Canada each year typically file a bankruptcy, and just about all of them move forward with their life, receive a discharge, and can put everything behind them. Um, Blair, how do how does a licensed insolvency trustee organization company like Sands and Associates get paid in a bankruptcy mm-hmm. that they're putting somebody through or helping them through? Well, and that's an interesting one, Elaine, something I often get asked if we were still going to cocktail parties these days, maybe, but in, in the past yeah. when people hear, you know, uh, you know, you're a trustee, well, if you help people who are bankrupt, they've got no money, how do you get paid? Well, yeah. another, you know, good thing for people to know is there is no such thing as a completely free debt solution in Canada. So if you think someone can help you discharge your debts with no charge to you whatsoever, that's just not possible. But there are some very reasonably low-cost options, and a trustee is the most reasonable of all of them because everything is set by government tariff. So if someone files for bankruptcy and they're considered low income, they just have to pay the cost of administration, which normally is $200 a month uh, over a period of nine months for a total of $1,800. And from there, the trustee gets appointed, contacts all the creditors, works with the individual to get them through the nine-month process, deals with all the claims, disperses funds, all of that from start to finish, and the person pays $200 per month. And it's important to note that that's instead of them making any payments on their debt. So sometimes people have been paying, you know, Eight hundred, a thousand dollars, or more each month in a bankruptcy that gets reduced down to two hundred, and after nine months, it's gone. All the debts are gone in the bankruptcy payment as well. So you do have to pay something, uh, but it's usually something that's very affordable in your situation. I know the other great solution that a licensed insolvency trustee can can move somebody through is the consumer proposal. So let's talk about that. And can you start where we just left off? How do you get paid in a consumer proposal situation? Yeah, so in a consumer proposal, a big difference to a bankruptcy is that a consumer proposal, we're negotiating to repay the part of the debt you can afford to repay. So if a situation was you could file for bankruptcy, all the debt gets written off, but you don't want to file for bankruptcy. Let's say you owed, say, $30,000 of debt and you wanted to do a proposal, you might offer them back $10,000. 
Now, of that $10,000, the government says, okay, you can afford $10,000. That's what you're going to pay back. The trustee gets paid out of what you pay into the proposal. So roughly 20% of what you pay, the trustee retains as cost of administration. 80% of what you pay goes to the creditors. So if the creditors were owed $30,000, the proposal you're going to make is for, say, $10,000, and about $8,000 that actually goes to the creditors. Uh, Their balance is paid to the trustee. All this is set by government tariff, and what's important is you didn't pay anything extra at all. You figured out you could afford to pay $10,000, and then of that $10,000, it included all the professional fees and the amounts to the creditors. So it's generally your lowest cost and most accessible option to deal with your debts um, short of a bankruptcy is to do a consumer proposal. And I just want to talk, we didn't really talk about the sort of the, uh, the uh, how the consumer proposal works. Can you, can you do that in 20 seconds, Blair? <laughs> oh, I certainly can. Combine all of your debt together, reduce it by 70%, save you all of the interest, and give you five years to pay. That's what a consumer proposal can do. So in real numbers, if you owe $20,000, you might offer back 30% of that, which would be a monthly payment of $165 for three years. So $20,000 could be dealt with for 165 bucks over three years. It's that dramatic. And I want to mention the website, sands-trustee.com, chock block full of good information all about consumer proposals. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. So making plans to pay off your debt Blair's got some expert tips to help you get there. It's always a great time to plan for our future selves. I love that idea, especially when it comes to paying off debt. But Blair and the team at Sands & Associates help consumers right across the province who are looking for support in achieving their debt-free goals. Blair's going to share some tips uh, so that you've got a bit of a plan to tackle your debt. So Blair, first question, from your perspective, what are some examples of financial habits that are good to have? And I love this because we often talk about what we shouldn't be doing, but the things that are good to have and good to be comfortable with as we go forward. Well, certainly, Elaine, and it's definitely the case everybody's finances are different. It's unique to every individual and to household, but there's definitely a few categories of things that are just a best practice, almost always nearly applicable to everybody, um, especially if you've got a goal of being debt-free. And the first one to talk about is to set some financial goals. So to have an idea of where you want to get to with your finances, so it could be something like paying off a credit card or cutting down some costs that you think are too high, but the ability to achieve a goal and then congratulate yourself on meeting that goal, it's important. It can bring build some momentum, and the more visible progress that you're making, the better you're going to feel about your finances and the more you're going to want to continue. So, you know, some key things to think about with goals, again, it's all personal, but you want to come up with a few measurable, achievable goals across different time frames and put them on paper and start to map out how you're going to get there. So a couple of ideas, you know, one might be to create a household budget, uh, to pay off a debt, to have a will written, um, to get a professional retirement plan. So it's not always, you know, a, a financial goal. It can be something that's just really good housekeeping, like a will or estate planning. Uh, and it's okay to start small, you know, even just deciding on a goal and making a plan to meet it, that can be itself a goal. You know, my goal this month is to, to start making goals. That could be something that you can achieve. So that's just really important is to set some financial goals, um, you oftentimes a financial goal to set has to do with some savings and whether it could be an emergency fund, um, a holiday, retirement, or post-secondary, you know, that can be a really good goal to 
to start. And once you have that cushion of savings, um, you know, that can really help you if something unexpected does happen in your life and you need to dip into that. Um, you know, I just wonder, is in all the people that you've talked to, is that kind of a piece that is missing for them, having those, having a goal or having any kind of a goal when it comes to their uh, finances? That's a big piece, Elena. That's night and day when someone meets with us because part of our counseling sessions, um, you know, a big part of that is setting financial goals for the short, medium, and long term. And sometimes people are just amazed that they're actually allowed to have goals. You know, just because you're writing off your debt and starting again, you're allowed to plan for the future. So a lot of the times when I meet with people, you know, they're just so in the moment, in the eye of the storm, having people call them, harass them, their paycheck is spent before they get it type of thing. So a lot of the times people just haven't thought about financial goals for a long time. Um, and sometimes what's even useful to do um, is, you know, just to think about if you're in debt, your goal is to become debt free, but then to determine how realistic is that given what you're doing. Uh, one great tool that we talk about a lot on this show uh, is called the rule of 60. Okay, it's very, very simple. And what you would do is take your consumer debt, so things not your mortgage or your car loan, but credit cards, lines of credit, student loans, income taxes, anything like that, take that and divide the total by 60, and then just take a look at that payment. So if it was $24,000 of debt and you divided it by 60, well, that's $400 a month. How does that look to you? Can you be paying $400 a month on your debt? Are you paying more than that now? Or are you struggling to make even half of that payment? That can be really illustrated to say, well, you might be making your payments now, but you're going to be in debt for a long, long time. So looking at the rule of 60, that could be a really good way to say if your goal is to be debt-free, well, start to do this math to see if you're going to get there under your own steam. That's such a good idea. And I, I just want to throw in at this point, if you're already thinking, yikes, I need some help, I need to talk to Blair. I need to talk to somebody at Sands and Associates to figure this out because I don't know the answers to those questions or I don't have any goals. It's so easy to do. Give them a call, 1-800-661-3030 or check out the website. Also, a great way to do this, sands-trustee.com. The the amount of information that we're inundated these days, uh, whether we search it out or it's just coming at us, must be pretty daunting for anybody that wants to kind of take a stab at fixing it, uh, fix, figuring out their finances and how to resolve a debt issue. Well, and it even goes one worse than that, Elaine. So there's a ton of information that's out there, but there's also a lot of stuff that's out there that's just not true, and it's put out by folks who might have certain agendas who claim they can help you with your debt or not. So it's definitely the case. You know, it's, it's reader beware, buyer beware. When you're looking for debt help information, make sure you're always looking to a reputable source. Uh, and you need to make sure you're getting the advice of an expert, not just Google or not just going by what your friends or family members as well-intentioned as they might be. Uh, we have people all the time who have said, you know, I took this action because, you know, the accountant in my family said, oh, this is what I have to do. And the accountant might be great at their specific uh, role of accounting. But when you're dealing with a debt repayment situation or an insolvency where there's not enough to pay everything back, you really need to do to get the expert advice at the time. And the best expert for you to see is a licensed insolvency trustee. Yeah. But, you know, aside, aside from knowing who to call, you also need to know what's your current situation. So you need to spend some time putting together an accurate picture of yourself and your finances. Uh, it doesn't need to be overly sophisticated, but a couple of really important things uh, is you need to list down all of your debts and how much you pay toward each bill each month. 
Uh, you need to inventory your assets and figure out, okay, I've got all the documentation that I need, the registration and policies. This is just good financial housekeeping. Um, make sure you're filed up to date with your taxes, your tax return, and your notice of assessment. And then once you've got that as a good base, the most important thing for people to really uh, either get out of debt or avoid getting into it um, is to check in on your budget regularly. So to have a budget, but more importantly, to measure yourself against it on a regular basis. And it and it sounds like that would could potentially be pretty onerous on somebody, but I think you guys have it figured out that it doesn't have to be. There's some very simple, thoughtful ways to go about that. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have to be anything that's overly difficult. You know, if you're a very tech-savvy person, there's some really great apps out there. You just upload your debit information, and they'll start to categorize your transaction for you. It can be a simple spreadsheet. It can be a simple written record. There's a lot of different ways to get at it, but it's just really important that you're tracking your income and your expenses because you're not going to know if you've got a, you know, a small amount of overspending on a continuous basis. You're not going to know that unless you've got your budget and you're measuring against it each time. And then sometimes what you'll see when you start to actually look at your transaction, are you getting value for all the services and costs that you're being charged? Um, are you seeing charges that don't appear familiar? Maybe there's a subscription you thought you canceled, but they're still billing you. So it's really important that, you know, even if you ended the month saying, oh my gosh, I know I overspent and I didn't do well, you should go back and look and really try to identify the problem and then also see if there are some potential corrective actions you can take that maybe you didn't think about before. Now, are there a couple of signs as we wrap this segment up, Blair, that, that really stick out that people go, oh, oh, I remember hearing about that. If that shows up, I need to do something about it. You know, I think the number one thing to keep in mind is if your budget doesn't have any room for savings, that's a really good indication it's going to be difficult to stick to that budget because life does always intervene. And if your budget is to the point where every dollar you come in is already spoken for, there's nothing to have a savings for an emergency fund, um, you're in a very precarious position. So you really do want to get to the point where you've got a budget that's reasonable, you're checking in on it, but there is some component that's there uh, earmarked for savings for an emergency fund for the future. That's the number one reason why uh, a budget can really help you and really help you get a, get a handle on a debt problem is making sure there's some room there for savings. Okay. I And in closing, I just want to mention, you know, Sands and Associates can work with you, whether it be in person or remotely. You can get support from a qualified professional to help you meet those goals and become debt-free for good without leaving the comfort of your home, which I think is super important. If you're ready to make some debt payments a thing of the past, connect with Sands, and this is the best way to do it. Book a free confidential debt consultation. Uh, the phone number, one 800 661 3030 or visit the website at sands-trustee.com. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.